Heads up, there's cussing in this podcast. Oh, Drew, do you still have your bottle opener? Oh, no. I got one. Okay. Reach out. That might be good. Hello and welcome to the Pub Hound Podcast. This is Drew. I'm here with Rich. Hey. Our guest tonight, Ryan Drendel. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And our guest bartender, Andrew Jinks from the Joplin Disco Club. Hello. <laughs> Still waiting for you to pour me a drink. Uh, so, there he goes, folks. All right, right on cue. I think that's the first time that works. The Dave! The whiskey's in the other room. I was going to say, you told me there was bourbon. You promised me bourbon. There is. Yeah. It's in the decanter. Uh, okay, so um, we're doing a podcast. It's the first one for a while. Um, Rich, what have you, uh, you been up to? What have you been enjoying lately? Um, um, I've been uh, rereading Moby Dick. That's been nice. Oh, yeah, look at this. Yeah, wow. <laughs> we have not had this sort of service since the very first episode. Like, Dave took really good care of us. Most of the others just... No, just drank. Not at all, yeah. They us. just drank yeah. with us, yeah. <laughs> uh, rereading Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's um, been a while, so kind of wanted to jump back into it. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. And then I think I'm going to jump back into some Dickens, because I haven't read Dickens since I was in college. Um, so I think I'm gonna Which? read. I think I'm gonna read our mutual friend because um, I really enjoyed that. I actually wrote a paper on it years ago, so I think I'm gonna jump back into that one. I'm not familiar. With and then that probably one Bleak House because Bleak House is just the tits. You're really taking on some classic stuff here. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, scratching a particular itch or what's the? Maybe I don't know. It's just some things that. Well, even though I haven't read Dickens in a long time, like he takes up a lot of headspace for me, as does Melville. Um, and you know, my dog is named Bartleby, so yeah. <laughs> obviously I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, and it's just you know some of those things that I hadn't read for many years. I kind of want to refamiliarize myself with it. So good, yeah, cool. Oh, and then um, I'm reading. Uh... Shit, I just forgot his name. I don't know how. I talked about him on the first podcast. Uh, he wrote Caligulan. Ernest. Ernest, yeah, Ernest. I wanted to call him Hilbert. Ernest Hilbert. Um, he has a new book out called um, Last One Out. Um, so you all should go purchase that from Measure Press. Um, remember, always buy directly from small presses. Please. Here, here. Yes. <laughs> um, so go, go, go purchase that. It's a good one, as always, with them. And if you haven't read Caligulan, you'd need to read that, too, because it... It's great, and it won the uh, it was 2017 or 2018 Poets Award from the Hudson Review. So nice. yeah, I still haven't read it. You want to bring it by the office? Yeah, I'll bring it by the office. We need to get a bookshelf. Yes, yeah, yeah. we do. So, um, what have you been up to? <clears throat> um, well, so I, re- I recently picked up a couple of books by a reader, a poet who was a guest reader recently at uh, Missouri Southern, Alan Berica. Mm-hmm. It's really good stuff. I've been been hitting that now and then, a poem here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. But, uh, well, that drive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sherlock Holmes. I'm still working on the Sherlock Sherlock Holmes canon, and it's great. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's like perfect driving material because it's not. You don't have to think too deeply about it. 
but it's it's fun and it keeps me interested. Yeah. So I think I think I have only about uh, a book. I haven't done the Hound of the Baskervilles yet, and I'm on the return now. This the short stories one. So I think I'm just about through it. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll miss it. I'll miss it when it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Do you have something queued up for when you're done with that? I don't, actually. I, um, uh, last night, had a conversation about Dune. Uh, yeah. With Dave and Aaron. So, uh, might try, might try that. It sounded interesting. Um, I did Heart of Darkness not too long ago, which, mm -hmm. that's a challenging book. Mm -hmm. Have you guys read that? Have you read it? Yeah, in high school. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I would count it as reading it. Yeah, <laughs> you did what you had to do. I flipped write the, the pages. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. That was my experience, and yeah, it was it was high school. Yeah, yeah. It was never assigned <laughs> reading for me, but um, I was actually I felt really glad that I had seen the movie Apocalypse Now beforehand because I felt mm -hmm. like it gave me enough context around the story that I could understand what was going on because otherwise I might have been completely lost. Um, so. Uh, I prefer Apocalypse Now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Working on any poems lately? Um, yeah, I'm still working on that one that I did not complete for Thousand Words this year. Yeah. Um, though I think I'm going to have to let it sit and stew for a bit. Um, so we'll see if that ever gets finished. I think I need to, to walk away from it and let it, you know... Sort yeah. of sit on its own, see if if things settle, and then then kick the dust up again. You have a um, few more poems online now for folks to peruse. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, again, through Asses of Parnassus, um, I had a couple more published earlier this year. Actually, I was the first poem published this year. Um, first of twenty nineteen. First of twenty nineteen. Yeah. So Asses of Parnassus. If yeah. It wasn't clear enough. enough yeah, and you should you should check it out because even aside from I mean obviously I'm a fan because. You know, uh, they published me. But it's a great website. It's a Tumblr site, and it uh, just specializes in epigrams and short, formal, witty poems. So uh, it normally publishes about three poems a week. So Tuesday through Thursday, you can go get your uh, your epigram on at nice. assesofparnassus.tumblr.com. Uh, something goes like at that. the end of that, yeah. <laughs> if you uh, if you Google it, you'll find it. If you Google asses probably among asses. other things. I'm pretty sure there's not going to be that many results. So, okay, great. All right, well, um, Jinx, you need some whiskey? Of course. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Yeah, we didn't bring the whiskey in. We fucked up. Welcome back to the Pubhound <laughs> Podcast. Drew, uh, speaking. Um, introducing Andrew. Bald Andrew. Don't get confused. Bald yeah. Andrew. I'm the one with hair. Yes. Because uh, they can totally see that. Yeah. Just to give you a mental image, you know. Andrew, tell us a little bit about the uh, Joplin Disc Golf Club. Well, we've been around for quite some time. I think we were formed in late 1990s. Really? Yeah, course was put in at McClellan Park in the late 90s, and I think they've had a club ever since. Um, I joined in probably 2004, would be my guess. 
so and then they, you took over. Been at it for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> took there was over a coup. The relic. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of blood. <laughs> not quite, not quite, but just like, callus. Something similar. It's just callus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You guys put on tournaments? We do. We do. Our big tournament. Course. Yep. Our big tournament is the Four States Open. It's the last weekend in September every year. Um, last four, five, six years, we've had 230 plus players every weekend. Um, drive a lot of tourism into Joplin. That's the whole goal of it. Um, as we work with the city to get some grant money, and obviously it's a big deal for the area. Because um, there's a lot of courses around here now. Yeah. There are, there are. McClellan Park used to be the only one, and now there's courses in all of the surrounding cities, more or less, and Joplin's got a couple more. Um, currently at McClellan Park, we're underway with a redesign. There's currently 27 holes, and we're going to change it into 36 holes uh, with a lot of new holes in the woods. Um, most of the existing holes will be going away. There's a couple that are kind of hanging around. Um, but most of them will go away, and that's been taking up a lot of our time this year. Uh, but it'll be really good. We're about, I'd say we're about two-thirds of the way done with getting everything done. And hopefully in the, within a month or a month and a half, we'll have the new baskets in the ground and everything will be ready to play. It'll be rough at first, but it's been a big undertaking. The city's been been doing a lot of work out there as we so kind of set the design. And, they have their maintenance guys out there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So good. obviously mostly during the fall and winter months when it's not mowing when season, they're not mowing. But, yeah. but they've still been able to help us here as a recent as well, even with the mowing. So, cool. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We're how many members do you have? Uh, we usually run about seventy-five members each year. Uh, okay. I think we're pushing seventy already this year, which is a little bit high for this early in the season. Um, but I think we're getting pretty close to that number. Um, we're, you know, we're now kind of across the Southwest Missouri region, including the Neosho area, and then Carl Junction, Carthage. We've all got courses now, and um, yeah, it just continues to keep growing. And uh, we're doing some events. I know there's an event coming up in Neosho to kind of do a kids' day at the park type thing, and we've done a lot of those in Joplin as well. We really want to get some families and some youth out, and so we've actually got two. Uh, family and youth kind of beginner courses in Joplin at Schifferdecker Park and at Humphrey Park uh, with hopefully one more six-hole course going in at uh, maybe Leonard Park right there behind Toys R Us. So right next to you. Right by my house. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So maybe we can get you back into the sport. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Start throwing discs at his Yeah, I'll just yeah. throw it from, from the <laughs> yeah. corner by my exactly. house. Just throw it all the way down Throw it the down there. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's cool, and and thanks for thanks for coming on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. All right. Um, okay, Rich. As I understand, you have a few questions for Ryan. Yeah, I dug some shit up. <laughs> I didn't. It's fine. <laughs> First off, thanks for coming on the show, and also yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, congratulations on graduating, and. On being named the outstanding graduate of 2019. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's Did a pretty big research? deal. Yeah, yeah. And the whole school. Yeah. Yes. The whole motherfucking school. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Well I'm done. excited. My parents are probably a little more excited than I. <laughs> of course. They are. <laughs> yeah, that's going right on the fridge. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I actually found out about that about an hour after my transmission blew in my car, and I was about oh. to. I was about to FaceTime my parents and ask them for to lend me some money to fix my car, and 
I was able to proceed that. To roll that into, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I'm awesome. Will you give me some money? <laughs> you, you had to lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good timing. So you are um, from Illinois, right? So you're yep. not from Joplin originally. So what what sort of drew you to Southern? Yeah, so I'm I'm from a suburb outside of Chicago, uh, Naperville, um, and what brought me to Missouri Southern was um, primarily that the school was affordable, mm-hmm. but also it had a lot of neat opportunities for someone like me. Um, The honors program was a huge draw. Um, And then the cross country and track programs at Missouri Southern are incredible. And I knew I wanted to be part of something like that. And then I just am a wimp and hate the Chicago winters. So I was only looking at schools. So you wanted to move a little bit further south. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Man, and I'm the opposite. Yeah, same. Like, I mean, I've lived around here my entire same life, here. and I, I love the winter. And then, about the end of, uh, of February, when it starts warming up, I start complaining. I've never had to deal with Joplin in July and August. So. Oh, oh so yeah. you you go yeah. back up north to home and. Yeah, I try to find something to do in the summers. Yeah. Like, so you get the best of. Uh huh. Which man. you've done some study abroad too. Um, yeah. So like. Did that happen during the school year, or did some of it like overlap in the summer as well? Um, so my freshman year, I was taking a course with Dr. Dustin Falstick, and in the summer, it was a course about literature written by Americans while they were living in Paris. Mm-hmm. And then in the summer, we did a, a brief trip in, in Paris uh, to give those texts some context. Uh, That's, that sounds like no. cool. Oh, course. yeah. yeah. So, so you were like Fitzgerald and... Mm-hmm. Fitzgerald, Hemingway, Stein, yeah. Uh, Wharton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Baldwin. Um, and then after that, I was just hooked, and I knew I had to study abroad again. So, Which Southern has a great um, yeah. study abroad program. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, another draw for them. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so, overall, you feel like your experience in Southern is pretty good then. I mean, I would assume you were named Outstanding Graduate, so you must have enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was, it was so amazing. And I, I didn't really even expect all the opportunities that were presented to me to be presented when I decided to go to Southern. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect. Uh, I didn't know about how affordable it is to study abroad through Missouri Southern. And, yeah, I never knew I would help edit our literary magazine, Border Town, or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um so yeah, it feels coincidental or, or very lucky, uh, to say the least, to have been able to study there the past four years. I'm I'm not surprised. So you brought you brought notes for this, right? <laughs> is that what that is? Or is oh, this I, this just, is, I just that's brought this word. Okay. Yeah. I was just yeah. thinking, I okay, yeah. Clearly we have the top student here because <laughs> he brought notes to the podcast when we're going to drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, he brought his word. He was prepared. He knew we were going to have him read something. So. Yeah. Because I'm assuming you told him to. Uh, no, I didn't tell him that, but he, he did his homework. He yeah. So he knows that that's coming. <laughs> So you are a professional, or you're, you're a, your bachelor's degree is in professional writing and professional mm-hmm. and technical writing. Yep. Did you decide on that right out of the gate, or did, was it something you sort of felt, felt out and that's what you landed, um, landed on? 
I originally came in as a secondary English education major, um, and then I took a class where um, we had to observe in the classroom. Uh, yeah, no, and I, I still, I plan to be an educator someday, but I realized quickly that I perhaps enjoy the subject matter of literature mm -hmm. a little more than the students, which I think is okay for perhaps the college level. But that's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah. And, and I, I just saw how much passion uh, high school teachers have for their students as people and as young people, and... I don't think it would be fair to high school students to have someone like me who's <laughs> just nerding out about the text. It doesn't <laughs> give a rat's ass about their problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, that's been such a great thing as well. I, I, another thing I didn't expect to fall into, but Missouri Southern has an incredible professional technical writing program mm -hmm. led by Dr. Joey Brown, who I believe has been on. Yeah, she has. Friend Shout of the show. Joey Brown. Yeah. yeah. Joey. She's great. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, like, pushes the students to pursue these internships, which is how I was able to go out to Arizona one summer and Nashville another summer. So that's been such a great program. That's right. Well. You, went, you went to the observatory in Arizona, right? Yeah, I was doing some technical writing for the Lowell Observatory. Yeah. That's Speaking of which, cool. uh, among your many accolades, you also have... Um, the Russell and Gail Smith Award for Outstanding Science <laughs> Writing, 2017 and 2018. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dear listeners, he's blushing. <laughs> that was such a nice, humble... Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. The funny thing about that Outstanding uh, Graduate award was they interviewed me and they asked like how does it feel to be the outstanding graduate and i'm like oh my god it's embarrassing yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like the suck up do you yeah. feel like they yeah. kept you sign on your back uh-huh you're like thanks for the bullseye guys <laughs> and you are getting ready to head off now to uh, get a master's of fine arts i believe in creative mm -hmm. writing um so you're hoping to, to teach creative writing then yeah, that would be one potential avenue. I don't know. I feel because you got your bases covered. Yeah, um, going with the uh, you you have your your bachelor's with professional and technical writing, so you've got got something to fall back on because there's always always a need for that. Um, mm -hmm. Which maybe this is the point where we all plug. Hey, English degrees are not useless. Uh huh. Thank you, Jinx. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I I knew relatively early on that I I would have to be broad in my abilities as a writer to mm -hmm. to find employment after this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because you're not going to get it from um, <laughs> from creative writing unless no. you get a job. Yeah. I, I can speak from from experience in the professional world. I mean, if, if you know how to write, you're going to be an asset to the company because no one else does. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just, and I, Jinx, you could probably say the same thing in your line of work. Like, there's just not, people just don't know how to form a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was you, a you sentence can tell. right there. You did yeah. it right there. Like, like, how many sentences I formed? But how many terrible emails do you get in a day where it's just, like, incomplete sentences mm -hmm. and words misused and misspellings and all the time? So and many exclamation marks and misused <laughs> ellipses. And oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And I love ellipses. Fucking, I, I love ellipses the way most people love m dashes. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. 
I might cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Well, before it gets too tense, uh, so you're, you're going <laughs> to uh, Northern Arizona University, right? Yeah. So what, what was it that drew you to that, um, aside from it being further south and getting further away Warm from winter weather? weather? Yeah, yeah. First I moved south, now I'm trying to head yeah. west. Yeah. Um, so I, I lived in Flagstaff, which is where Northern Arizona University is, um, one summer while I was working at the Lowell Observatory. And... I just absolutely <laughs> fell in love with their literary community there. Um, so I knew it was going to be one of the programs I applied to. And, yeah, the MFA process is, admissions process is very difficult. Uh, and I was lucky enough to be accepted. And Well, you know, you're the outstanding graduate of 2018. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. They have a lot of very neat things going on in that program. Um uh, and they're just starting a new um, environmental narrative track. Um, That's interesting. Uh huh. And so I'm not sure if I'm going to pursue that. Yeah. Well, I mean, interested. Uh, well, this is sorry, a, oh, Rich. Let oops. me interrupt here. I see straight from their website it <laughs> says that they are the number three party school in the nation. Really? <laughs> hey. So. So now we know why he's really. I know why right. he's not so sure on exactly. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you're not going to be on the track team anymore, right? So you can... No, you can they, have you like, they do have the number one cross-country team in the country oh, in Division geez. One. Yeah, so I will be... Do you have any eligibility left? I do have a cross-country season. I would be of absolutely yeah. no help to Northern no, they're Arizona. That, they're that good. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. They'd have to wait a couple minutes for me. <laughs> you know, that's what we were things. talking about pole vaulting earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, when I landed on Missouri Southern... I, I was looking first at, well, I started at Missouri State. Uh-huh. I could have been on the pole walking team at Missouri State. They were terrible. Yeah. They didn't have, like, anybody doing it. Then I switched to Missouri Southern. Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe I can do it here. Oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> they had, like, five guys, and they were all doing 15 foot plus. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, no, I don't have that. I don't have a chance. And your record? 13. 13. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the odd thing about track and field. Probably any pursuit is, like, you can be better than 99% of people in the world and still feel relatively inadequate yeah. compared to right. that next level. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> but you are thinking of marathoning. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a great um, running community in Flagstaff as well. They have like a professional team based out of there and just weekly um, long runs uh, where anyone can show up and run with these pros and all that. And it's at altitude, um, 7,000 feet, Flagstaff sits at. Um, and there's hundreds of miles of trails. So I would feel like I would be squandering an opportunity if I didn't keep running, at least for yeah. one more year, try to Boston qualify in the marathon. But Well... Sitting here with three fat guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, you people with your physical activities. I bend my elbow. Uh, yeah. That's that's what I do. Oh, I'm to be sure. 22 again. I will be there someday. I'm sure. We'll welcome you with open arms. Yeah, yeah. Come back to Joplin. We'll we'll be here with many a beers to hoist. Yeah. <laughs> um, Play disc golf. 
That's the right That's level of activity. Continue. You walk a little bit, you throw now and then. That's like the... Then lots of people drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, just the way you said it, it was like that, uh, that episode with the cigarette company and, um, and Family Guy. Like the subliminal message is just like a guy, smoke. <laughs> smoke. Are you, are you playing disc golf yet? <laughs> Would you care to read some of your work? Uh, I guess some creative writing here with you. So. Sure. Thank yeah. you, Jinx. Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Your other one was getting a little warm. Yeah, it was. Thank you. <laughs> Man. He should always be our guest bartender. Like, he and Dave, they're the only ones worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll read um, this one poem. It might kill our jolly mood. Um, True. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it was a very fun poem to write. There's so many constraints in it. Uh, it's, it's a goth. Oh, is this the, the, the huzzle? Or yeah, goth? yeah, a goth? You, yeah. I believe that's um, the correct pronunciation. I've never it. known mm-hmm. how to pronounce it. Um, yeah. It's an Arabic form of poetry where it's, it's made up of these couplets, although they're technically supposed to be able to stand on their own. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. And then um, the, the ending word or a couple words of the first two lines gets repeated as the last word of each couplet or stanza um and then the only other constraint is the poet the speaker has to reference themselves in uh the final line of the poem uh and then i guess i just had to throw more constraints in there and i had to include uh, a lyric uh, taken from Chance the Rapper's song Blessings Reprise in each stanza because uh, it's a poem about memory and music. It's called iTunes. Oh, and I guess I, sh- I usually don't preference, preference poems uh, this much, but the speaker's also my mother, <laughs> which might be important. <laughs> iTunes. Harmonize beneath the showerhead with the lyrics that you remember. Sing wondrous unfamiliar lessons from childhood to make you remember. How to smile good. Make sure to make time to visit your grandma with me each week. Otherwise you'll feel guilty on those days that you remember. How she told prophetic stories of freedom from her recliner. In her dementia mumbles that did not care about grammar. This you remember. Under running water, standing still, hear how your brain appropriates the little caves of his voice, binding chance words to the world you'll remember. She would have called this inappropriate. My mom always practiced modesty, claimed Madonna's name blasphemous back when you were too young to remember. And in endless fields of chamomile, you will not find an ounce of soil as soft as my mother's hands. Did you ever hold them? Would you remember? The doctors say you will forget when you're older, like my mother, because your apples with cracked screens can't hold everything I hoped you'd remember. But how they remind her she used to dance to Michael. Play her some Nat King, like a song of love that clings to me. Mother, I can see you remember. Son, she never even warned. She told you I got gypped after I told her you were my gift from God. But don't listen. She loved you. Remember.
Grandma's not herself, spitting, blessing, trying to speak to God in public. Help me help her in the shower. When you do the dad thing, you'll remember. Are you ready? Rinse her with found warmth. She used to use all the hot water. Sing her post language, then listen. Grandma, it's Ryan. Do you remember? Kill the mood for you, Rich? No. It's, I mean, he's right. It's a little less Charlie. Um, <laughs> a little I'm bit, assuming yeah. Alzheimer's? Yeah, my grandmother yeah. had... Uh, oh, I believe it was dementia. Dementia, but yeah. Well, her symptoms yeah. were very similar to yeah. Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, but it was so neat. We, uh, we put together a playlist of her favorite songs, and you could just see, like, how much... Uh, those sounds would trigger something in her memory and she would act much more like her original self um, while listening to the music of her past. That's beautiful. That's a great poem. You read that uh, at the open mic the other night, too. Yeah, really wonderful. thank you. I, thank you for hosting that. Oh, yeah, it's... We enjoy it. It's the... Maybe the one thing we... Or I look forward to <laughs> during <laughs> National Poetry Month is the uh-huh. open mic. The rest of it... I could probably do without, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I look forward to the thousand words, and I look forward to the open mic because I love hearing everybody read. Well, yeah, we we love love hearing guys like you read. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know that's that's great, and it's you know it's awesome to, for pe- folks just to choose a poem that they enjoy. Yeah, yeah that's always great but, too. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that coming out at a night like that—that's the real highlight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's an exciting event. I, because when you're off like writing poetry in Joplin, you might not like realize that there's this literary community. Uh, yeah, because we're all in our separate homes or whatnot yeah. working. But it's a nice night to see like how many people came out. It's probably like thirty or so people. Yeah, we maybe. estimated thirty, yeah. I believe. Or, yeah, yeah. So that's super fun. So you, you do like to put a lot of interesting constraints on yourself. You also have, um, uh, you have another poem that you chose with, you know, I feel lucky, right? Oh, I feel yeah. lucky. You know, yeah, you, yeah. Have, you had Google help you write a poem. <laughs> um, that, that one was pretty awesome. You, uh-huh. you have um, an essay about predictive text. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is interesting as well. Um, it kind of makes me... Think a little bit of. Uh, are you familiar with Ulipo? Uh-uh. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct. It was um, it was a French. Well, it started out in France, but it was sort of a European movement, um, like Italo Calvino, uh, you know, the author of Invisible Cities. Um, he was a part of it. Uh, uh, Georges Perec. I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce his last name, but I don't know if anybody really knows how you pronounce his last name. Um, Raymond Cano. Uh, there's all these different different authors, a lot of them like around the was that around the sixties or seventies, I think. Maybe. Um, I, I don't know half the words they're using. The idea <laughs> the idea was uh, finding these uh, like using constraints mm-hmm. to, as inspiration. Yeah. For instance, uh, 
it's Hilo Calvino, like one of his, probably one of his lesser known novels or novellas. It's like, it's uh, two novellas and it's public, they're published the, in the same book. Mm -hmm. um, but he did two different readings of tarot from two different decks and used the reading to write a novella. And then he did it with another deck and then wrote a novella based wow. on that. Uh -huh. um, like George Prex has a book called Life of User's Manual, which is like the night story of the chessboard. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so it kind of reminds me a little bit of that, like you know, you're taking these outside constraints, um, very arbitrary constraints, but then using that to, um, to sort of find inspiration to, to push yourself along. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you mentioned earlier, um, that your own poetry, uh, in, um, Asses on Parnassus. Asses of Parnassus. Asses of Parnassus. Parnassus. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so it's interesting how like we we in the literary community both have this appreciation for formal poetry, and then in the history of poetry, we like broke away from that and freed up all the constraints, and now we're we're starting to impose constraints upon yeah, impose ourselves. Yeah, constraints. Yeah, like you uh -huh. can look at um like a uh, Jericho Brown and his duplexes, which mm -hmm. is like a combination of like a pantoum and I want to say Villanelle, but I don't think that's right. Mm -hmm. But he's like mashes these two things together you got uh terrence hayes yeah um oh who God. is just great like he's got the golden shovel yeah but then like uh just a couple of months ago i read uh american sonnets for my I, past and future assassins I and like his take on the sonnet is just so fucking good uh -huh. and then the very last sonnet where you know he has all the the different lines like repeating again yeah like, god this is Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. That's so funny that you say that. I just gave my final college presentation on Terrence Hayes and that collection oh, today. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's oh so good. I was God. actually, um, when I was not coming up with my last call, I was on the Poetry Foundation, like rereading some of my favorite Terrence Hayes poems. Oh like, my oh, gosh. Is... Nice. But yeah, yeah, for those those listeners who haven't read The Golden Shovel, that's a form he invented himself where. Uh, I forget the poet's name, but is he, it is it Gwendolyn Brooks? Gwendolyn Brooks yeah, because yeah. it's the We Cool poem. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. So he he takes a a line or perhaps a couple lines from that poem, and uh, each word in that line becomes the end word in his lines. Um, yeah. And so he has to do some like really tricky stuff with hyphenation, uh, that uh, with hyphenating the words, um, which create double entendres and interesting rhyme schemes yeah it's yeah yeah it's neat how we're now going back to these formal constraints but yeah. choosing which ones we want because you know yeah. it was too easy yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know you you need something to push against and to push back like that's you know it, i mean it was pretty dismissive of him uh, but like Frost's, you know, take on, you know, uh, free verse, which again, it was, it was very dismissive of him, but you can get to that point where, uh, where we said, you know, like writing free verse is like playing tennis without a net. Hmm. Uh, it's like, what's the point? Which, eh, that's, that's a little harsh, um, especially considering like most of the, you know, the people who, uh, you know, started verse libre, uh, horrible pronunciation i apologize <laughs> um, but you know like t.s Eliot, you know he uses meter and rhyme within his poems you know they all use some form 
they all had their own sort of constraints, but we have sort of gotten to a point to where like some people will get up and read this poem and it basically just sounds like a prose poem. I mean, mm-hmm. you've heard me say it before when we've heard people read and they're like, I'm going to read a prose poem now. And then me being an asshole, like mutters under my breath, haven't they all been prose poems? Um, but you know, you, well, you have, so, so I think, I mean, I, everybody's looking for form in, mm-hmm. in something and, and whether it's a, a brief, I mean, even I tend to find, which I, you know, don't do any sort of formal effort in my poems, but I still, but I still want to fit it into yeah. something that takes a shape, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it's more intentional than, than, uh, than at other times, but, but still I think it's probably just natural to want there to be something that is holding it together, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but the, the constraints are, I want, I, I almost said artificial constraints because yeah. they are yeah. artificial. Yeah. Self-imposed. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I guess whatever makes it, whatever makes you tick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> James made me a mint julep. He did. He did. And he I did, did pretty good. Had. He did pretty good. I learned from the master. That's true. It's mint julep season. It is mint julep season. It's soon it'll be gin ricky season because it'll be unbearably hot. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Coming up next. You're not even gonna go for the mint julep? Uh I at least try okay. it. Come okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. It tastes good, doesn't it? Yeah. It's That's... sweet and minty and whiskey. Mm-hmm. I mean, what can be bad about that? Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess it's good then. <laughs> um, so, do we want to do we want to let Ryan read m- one more thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Would you like to read something else? Ah, uh, sure. Yeah, of course. Um, hmm. I wonder how the Google poem would do without an audience. Because kind of you want some gavas in there? Yeah. I don't we, can, we can give you some gavas. Maybe we can give you some gavas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah, if we're going to stick with these constraints. Uh, this is titled, <clears throat> I'm Not Feeling Lucky. Home Depot, Hobby Lobby, Hotmail, Hulu, Harbor Freight, H&R Block, H&M, Horoscope, Hulu Login, HBO Now. Home Depot, Hobby Lobby, Hotmail, Horoscope, How to Train Your Dragon 3, Honey Bakes Ham, Hotels Near Me, Hollister, Hootamath, Holy Thursday. How many ounces are in a cup? How many ounces are in a gallon? How to Train Your Dragon. How old is Tom Brady? How to tie a tie? How to make slime? How to draw? How to draw a rose? How to boil eggs? How old is Beyonce? How to draw? How to train your dragon three? How to train your dragon? How to tie a tie? How to make slime? How to train your dragon two? How to get rid of bed bugs? How to get lucky? How to draw a rose? Boil eggs, how to screenshot, 
how to address a letter, add fractions, how to address an envelope, to apply for disability, how to airdrop, how to ask a girl out, how to access the dark web, how to apply for a passport, how to ask for a raise, how to apply at Walmart. <laughs> How to ask a girl out, how to ask for a raise, how to ask a girl to prom, a guy to prom, how to astral project, how to ask a guy out, how to ask someone out, ask for a letter of recommendation, for a promotion, how to ask for a reference, how to ask a girl out, to prom, ask a guy to prom, how to ask a guy out, ask a girl to be your girlfriend, ask a girl on a date, ask a girl for her number, ask a boy out, how to ask a question, how to ask a girl to hang out, how to ask a question, how to ask a question on Amazon, a question in Spanish, ask a question on Instagram, in French, on Reddit, Chegg, on Quora, a question on Instagram Live, how to ask a question in Python, how to ask a question if he likes you, ask a question if she likes you, question if we're exclusive, if she's single, hiring, if he is single, if he has seen anyone else, if he still likes you, if he's still interested, if they require sponsorship. <laughs> how to ask a question if your boyfriend, a question if your birthday, how to ask a question if your girlfriend, your crush, you're confused, how to ask a question if your answer giver has gone away. <laughs> was, that, was that legit or was that curated? Did you just pick and choose or was that... Yeah, so I only wrote the last line of that poem. And then I think I threw in how to get lucky just to connect it with the title. But everything else is generated by the collective consciousness of those asking That's questions awesome. to Google. Yeah. You know what struck me when I read your when I read your stuff um, that you sent us, and and hearing you read a few things before as well, is that that you are of a different generation. <laughs> so not, I mean, it's great. Yeah, um, it, is, it is very clearly way, get way off our lawn. Exactly, exactly. It's like this is this is not stuff that would have ever entered my uh -huh. and it, it still doesn't. You know, it's like it's so surprising to me that you would do that. Yeah, because it's like how could someone find poetry? In some, but you totally have. So oh, I congratulate you. you for it. Uh huh. And uh, you know. Yeah, you're you make him feel at old. least <laughs> at least he doesn't read off of his phone when he goes <laughs> yeah. to uh, open mics. Although you did make reference to people who write drafts on their phone. Oh yeah, in the, in the yeah. predictive text one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think there's a lot of untapped material um, in digital media, social media. Yeah. Um, well, and you have a, a couple pieces where you have that. Uh, that meeting between AI and the human conscious mm -hmm. um, consciousness, which is is pretty interesting. Um, like you have that that one piece that you wrote, which is basically like a, a love letter from the phone <laughs> yeah. um, to yeah. its owner. Yeah, um, and it, it took me a few sentences to pick up on that. Mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, but then is. but then uh, the the title connected mm -hmm. as well. 
Yeah, that's uh, Touch ID, um, and it's it'll be forthcoming um, in Big Muddy's uh, online oh, journal. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So I'll have to shoot y'all the link. But yeah, please do. Yeah. Please do. Yeah, it's scary how much um, both. Uh, yeah, for in that short story, I wanted to think about. Um, just how much our phones know about us and like if we were to make them a character in a story like how creepy of a character they could be yeah um but yeah i think there's a lot of different ways to look at it in the google poem it's almost like flipped it's like how much of ourselves have we put into out? that yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, it's good stuff <laughs> thank you i never really know what to think whenever google fills in my questions for me it's always wrong yeah um but yeah. then i think how many people are asking that question exactly mm -hmm. and why do i feel bad about never wanting to leave my house <laughs> <laughs> right yeah because originally when i was making that google poem i didn't intend it to be about love or relationships mm -hmm. but it, it kind of yeah. had to be because that's what that's people what go to google about, yeah. for apparently yeah which is scary <laughs> yeah or sad sad yeah <laughs> well i i'm into it i hope you keep doing it yeah and i and you know you're you're going to school with other talented writers and you're just gonna get better um thank I mean, you that's that's my hope for you i'm kind of sad though I'm gonna miss having him around the lit scene at Joplin. We're gonna have to get to know uh, you some, always show some up. other young, bright people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Ryan has been the guy who shows up to just about every reading, regardless of whether it's an open mic or not. Like he's always there, um, and we really appreciate that. I mean, everybody in the literary community around Joplin yeah. appreciates appreciates that. So we're, and it's been great watching you um, grow as a writer too. Like. You know, off off the mic earlier, I mentioned when you showed up to the very first time any of us really heard from you, you showed up to um, A Thousand Words, and afterwards, Sean Conroy, who put it together, came up to me. He's like, you need to keep an eye on that kid. Um, <laughs> you just pointed at me, though. You're supposed to be pointing yeah. at him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> That's They know what's up. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, it's just... It's it's bittersweet because it's great to see you move on and continue to grow, but we're gonna miss having you around Joplin. Yeah, well, thank you. It's been so nice to be able to grow. I, f I feel like I've grown with the community. I, I feel like when I arrived freshman year, um, not that it was a small community, but I've I've seen the work y'all have put into it, and um, people like Sean Conroy and. And Dr. Moblin, like, I feel like our reading series have grown, our attendance at events have grown, and yeah. it's exciting to see. I'm sure that will continue. You know, it's curious, you arrived about the same time the Pup Hound Press began. Hmm. So, correlation? Perhaps. <laughs> I don't want to move to Arizona. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah. I'm fat. It's, yeah, no, 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 no. We're not going to Arizona. It's a dry heat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> okay, time for new drinks. Time to take a break. We're going to yes. come back, and we're going to have our uh, our final segment. So, uh, uh, cheers. 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 <laughs>
Welcome back to the Pub Hound Podcast. We are here for our final segment, our last call, where we each talk about something that uh, has been on our minds and we just want to share. So, I'll start um, since we since we just drew straws and <laughs> I drew the shortest straw. Um, um, oh, actually, though, before we get to this, I have a few questions for you, Ryan. Yeah. I almost forgot. Uh-oh, pup I almost quiz. forgot. Okay. It's terrible. You should run. Oh, shoot. No, uh, well, bad. okay, so the, my first question, and, and I think I know the answer to this, um, and you've pretty much been confirming it all night, so, because uh, I thought I knew the answer I wanted to ask it. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite of the four seasons? Probably... Yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) But I've never, as I've mentioned, everything's overgrown. There's too much life. It's just horrible. Uh huh. I have like really bad circulation. So if it dips Mm. below thirty, running outside is a horrible experience for me. Um, And where we live, fall, spring, and winter can all dip below thirty. So. Summer is usually safe. Summer where it doesn't dip below 70. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you kind of struck me as a guy who appreciates sweating, you know, being that you're a runner. Yeah. This summer. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, okay. So, um, do you have a favorite flower? Oh, shoot. No. I I don't have very good taste in many things. Uh, <laughs> flowers included. Um, roses. But that's... Very boring. Lots of people like roses. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's fine. I mean, I think that's fine taste. I don't think that's I would have had an answer to that question at all. I don't know, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, well, it's it's one of those. To me, it's like it's one of those things where either you feel like you don't know enough, so you can't choose, or you know too much, so, mm-hmm. so you can't choose. Yeah. There's uh-huh. a paradox of choice involved wow. with that one. You could say I like orchids because I like parasites. Or something weird like that. That would be creepy. Yeah, the orchids are beautiful, but they are parasites. Okay, so next thing. Never knew that. (laughs) If you could snap your fingers right now and know how to pilot any sort of aircraft, Mm -hmm. or let's say any category of aircraft, planes, jets, helicopters, Mm -hmm. hang gliders, what would it be? Helicopter. No helicopter? Doubt. No doubt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why? I they seem to be the most agile. Like That's true. Yeah. Um if I wanted to dip into the Grand Canyon or or something like that, an airplane would not be yeah. ideal. There's no reverse with an airplane. What would it be for you, Rich? If I could pilot any craft? Aircraft. Aircraft. I think I mean I, I'm with Ryan. I think it would be the helicopter. Jinx. Just for the amount of control and, and agility. No opinion? No opinion. I, I think it would be a hot air balloon for me. That's not... Anyone can do that, though. That's just... <laughs> Fine. Like you already have that. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm really going to miss you, right? <laughs> no, there, there's, a, there's a huge air balloon festival in the town next to mine. And it blows my mind that like they go up there not knowing where they're going to land. You mean in Arizona? No. In Illinois? Yeah, yeah. Really? In, in Lyle, Illinois. It's right okay. next to Naperville. Yeah, there's a huge... Uh, it's called Eyes in the Sky. And... Um, 
all these people go up in hot air balloons knowing nothing of where they will land. Well, but see, that's the thing. Like, to me, it's like it, there's there must be a way to know, and it would be math-based. Like, you know, what's the wind speed? Hmm. How much fuel do I have? How mm-hmm. high can I go versus, you know? And then also, it's just like, except for the moment when you're pulling the cord, you know, to shoot the flame up, totally quiet. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I like that. About it. Yeah, that's fair. Except for Ryan and Rich and their helicopters. Yeah, because those guys are gonna come by and just chop the balloon. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> exactly. That is the primary reason I chose the helicopter to murder hot air ballooners. <laughs> I like it. Okay, that's a, that's enough of the. Uh, the <laughs> we pop killed quiz. the pop quiz every time. Every time. Sorry. All right. So um, so I so I'll do my uh, last call, and I'm gonna talk about my recent. Dungeons and Dragons experience. Woo! That's right. Dungeons and Dragons, nerdiest game on the planet. Of course, Rich and I play. Jinx has played with yeah. us before. With once. me. Once. Anyway, once. <laughs> once. <laughs> One time. Uh, we already talked to Ryan about it. He's not. He's observed. Yes. Once. I enjoyed played. observing. Uh, so this recent campaign is, um, I'm the dungeon master, and I had dropped. Oh, yeah. Dropped the characters into colonial Connecticut. They've now made their way to New York and uh, are approaching New Jersey. I think I started in New York, didn't I? You were shells in New York. Yeah, but you weren't. Oh, oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Jack and I started in... So anyway, colonial New England in 1775. So it's been fun playing, and, and I've had to sort of build a few pieces from scratch, which has has created this fun part, which is the, the research. Like, just, I mean, we were, we've were we gone into the detail of, well, what phase of the moon are we in uh, mm. in our Yeah, that was weird. Wow. That's not the first time that we've had that but we're discussion working. and subsequent argument for whatever reason. We're operating <laughs> on an actual timeline with actual yeah. dates, so there is a real phase of the moon. So, of course, we're going to look it up and find yeah. out what it is. And um, then... Player characters will argue about it because they, even though we have it, they'll argue about it because it's like, no, I want it to be dark right now. It's, well, it's, because it's that's not, what player characters it's do. Not, it's not dark right now. Sons of bitches. We're all assholes. Yeah. And they just want to kill everything and set it on fire. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, anyway, it's been really fun just learning <clears throat> about these very minor details and small towns that may have had something to do with the revolution and or just exist in that time and you know what the population was like and um, so in this process I've learned more about the American Revolution than probably in any of any history class that I've taken um, over you know all of my schooling so you've done a really good job with it it's been really excellent I really love as a player character, I'm also I'm one of the characters in this campaign. I've really enjoyed living in that world when my compatriots are not trying to burn it down. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been and Drew has put a lot of hard work into it, and it's really showed. It's been a lot of fun. It's been fun for me too. So I, I'm glad you guys enjoyed. Um, okay, who did we decide was going next? Ryan. Yeah, I'll go next. Ryan's going next. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So, on Sunday, 
I'm moving out of Joplin for the foreseeable future, perhaps forever. Uh, so endings have oh. have been on my mind, um, especially like the last of something. Um, so like this weekend, I had my last track meet, and tonight I had my last athlete banquet, and like all these like minor things that really shouldn't be monumental are becoming like, oh, that might be the last um, time I fuel up in Joplin and fill my tank with gas. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's pretty minor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's, it's also a, a far less gross than what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know what that is. Yeah. So, so basically anything I do in this week, I'm both thinking like, I'm, I'm probably enriching the experience by like appreciating it and thinking about it more than I normally would. But I'm also at the same time like cheapening it and not experiencing it because I'm thinking about it. So, and this happens like every time I like like my last week in uh, Nashville or Flagstaff or in Mexico when I studied abroad. Like I'm always thinking like, oh, this is the last time I'm walking past that building instead of like looking at the building. Um, I feel like you've written a poem about this, and I've heard you read it. Before. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something very similar. Yeah. Pictures at the Grand Canyon. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so endings are inevitable. It's nice when you know they're happening before they happen, I think. It's, it's nice, but it's also it makes it more poignant. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the expectation maybe adds to the poignancy mm -hmm. yeah it's also like interesting because there have definitely been times when I'm like I will never miss Joplin um, but when you're about to leave we it, hope you do yeah yeah. When, when you're about to leave it we need to come back and have a few rounds with us yeah. we want you to come back and do this again oh that would be awesome I don't doubt it I'm sure it's on route 66 <laughs> so when you're driving home next summer, <laughs> maybe perhaps <laughs> the entire length. Yeah, the entire length. Gotta do it all. I think it. Well, it starts at the Art Institute of Chicago, mm -hmm. and then I think it goes all the way to California. Nevada, California. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that would be one way to go home. So so we could do. Uh, we could we could do a podcast with you on Skype on our <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man, we might be able to get funding from the CBB for that. Yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> they would be all about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Ryan. Here's another ending for you. Yeah. The last time, at least in Joplin, for 2019, that you can call on someone to give their last call. Oh yeah. Also the first time. Yeah. But. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on Andrew. All right. Let's go Thank you. That was very kind of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, better, we better let Rich go last. <laughs> so, I really enjoy smoking cheese. I know you do, and I've tasted your cheese, and you That's do a good fun. job. Yeah. That sounds really good. Now I'm not a cheese head, so I don't know a lot about the exotic cheeses. But I really like going to Sam's and picking out whatever the best is that they got and smoking it <laughs> just to see. So if you I have, something a, I have an like electric that. smoker, so I don't have a big enough wood, you know, offset smoker 
to build a wood fire. The one that my parents have is just too small, so it would get way too hot to really smoke any cheese in there without really excessively working hard to keep the heat off the cheese. That is one of the tricks with cheese, right? Yeah. You can't let it get too right. hot. Right. Yeah, usually, definitely below 90. Yeah. So even when it's hot during the summer, it's pretty difficult to do that. That's a, that's a super low temperature. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it's because you have to keep it from melting, right? Right, exactly. Because once that fat breaks down... It... So with my electric smoker, there's a little offset box that just pumps smoke into the electric smoker chamber. Yeah, my favorites are some extra sharp white cheddar. I think that's my favorite. Can't go. But then, yeah. But then there's the there's the extra sharp yellow cheddar. Uh, Sam's has a Colby Jack, spicy like five alarm, which will light you up pretty good. Maybe not if you're from Arizona. But <laughs> at least in these parts, it's it's pretty darn spicy. Uh, I've done Asiago, which is a nice hard cheese, so you can really can really smoke it and then my mom really likes fruit cheeses and she likes blue cheese so I also try like some sort of nasty cheese that nobody else in the family will eat and she, <laughs> she usually eats like two or three little bites of it and that's about it she enjoys it but I buy an entire block of cheese with fruit in with it fruit or whatever she's, she's like, I have oh, some fruit cheese in the fridge right some now some sort of apricots the last thing I did with that it's got cranberries in it yeah yeah. Well, if you want it smoked, just let me know. I'm all about smoked yeah. cheese, man. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing is, you got to smoke it, and then you got to let it mellow in the fridge for like a week. Because if you don't, it comes out pretty bitter. Like if you're eating it too quickly. If you let it mellow, it takes away that sharpness of the smoke, and it pairs nicely. We need some of the smoked cheese at our next draft party. I'm telling you, this guy knows. This guy knows barbecue. Yeah. The worst thing that happened was. This past winter, I shot a deer the day before we had to leave to go to my wife's grandma's funeral. So I was able to field dress it, but didn't have time to break it down because we were going to be gone for like three days. So I took it to Clouds in Carthage, and it was on opening day. So by the time I got there, there were countless numbers of deer there. And I get most of it turned into summer sausage because I love it. Well, needless to say, they pretty much screwed up my entire batch of summer sausage. It came out real, like, over-processed, and so all of the frozen summer sausage, not the right texture. Like, I was planting this whole cheese and summer sausage, like, for months. Like, I was going to have enough to just last me all year. And this, to me, is just over-processed, like, in some sort of mixer. So if you've ever taken, like, hamburger and just sat there and played with it a lot, it gets kind of sticky. Mm-hmm. Like the proteins are breaking down and the meat's just getting sticky. It's like they over-processed it. Interesting. Is my, is my guess. So it's kind of a bummer in that regard. But still, that won't stop me from smoking cheese. Nice. Yeah. Well, if you if your smoked cheese is good enough, then it'll yeah. overshadow. It, it covers a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Now it's your turn to call. Well, I have to call on Rich. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Last call for Rich. <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, take another drink yeah, while talk, I should be speaking. Talking to a can. <laughs> I'm a talking to a can. Uh, I think I'm going to piggyback a bit off of Ryan and talk about endings. Mostly in that I hate last calls. I don't want to stop drinking. I don't want to stop talking. I never want a moment to end. Um, which is honestly what gets me into all of the trouble I'm always in. 
Um, because I just I just always want to keep writing whatever is going on at the moment. Yeah, I hate last call. The lights go up, and I get really fucking sad. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So are you sad right now? Yeah, because it's the last call. We're going to stop talking I mean, now. we can keep drinking. Yeah. Go throw some darts. Oh, yeah. We're going to go play some cricket. So I'm not sad anymore. Hey. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Pubhound Podcast, and this has been a great time. Thanks, Jinx. Andrew Jinx, Joplin sure. Disc Golf Club. Andrew Jinx. Baldwin. Baldwin. The Baldwin. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ryan Drendel. And I really hope that you've enjoyed oh, this yeah. last experience yes. in Joplin. And we hope it's not the last one, honestly. We hope yeah, you come back. come back. Yeah, I'm sure. And that you're going to become a famous writer and, you know, poet laureate of Arizona or something like that. Less sure of that, but well, I will be through Joplin. <laughs> okay. And, Rich, as always, thanks. Huh. It's always a pleasure, Drew. Cheers. 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 For more information about the Joplin Disc Golf Club, Find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash joplindgc or just wander out to McClellan Park on the southwest side of Joplin on a Tuesday night. The Pubhound Podcast was produced and edited by Pubhound Press with music by Dan O'Connor and sounds from Creative Commons. Complete credits can be found on our website, pubhoundpress.com.